الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم one of the essential principles of our deen that every Muslim is aware of is the importance of niyyah. Everyone knows that our deeds are contingent and dependent upon our niyyah. Even a child knows this. If a person has a good intention they can gain an immense reward. And if a person has a bad intention, even if the deed is good, it could lead the person to hellfire. For example, everyone is aware that one of the greatest acts that a human being can engage in is the pursuit of knowledge of deen. This is one of the most beneficial actions that a person can engage themselves in. And in fact, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to bless an individual with wealth, with spiritual wealth, it arises through the pursuit of knowledge of deen. Now, a person makes an intention and they have an intention and an aim that they are going to pursue knowledge of deen and that they are going to pursue this knowledge of deen in order to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to learn those things that will please him and learn how to avoid those things that will displease him, then there's an immense reward. Because the person has the proper intention and is is doing a great thing. But the same individual can go to the exact same, um, enter the exact same arrangement, but instead the intention can be that one day I want to give a speech and I want everyone to know how good of a speaker I am. One day I want to lead the community and I want everyone to follow me. One day I want to be able to debate with people and show how much I know. Then it, it becomes worthless. The deed becomes worthless. The person has done an amazing thing and made an amazing sacrifice, but the intention was fame. And the intention was other than Allah. And so such a great act, such as acquisition of knowledge of how to please and how, how to please Allah and how to avoid how to displease Allah, such a great act can become utterly worthless if a person has a bad niyyah. Soon there will be people that will be departing for hajj. And when people depart for hajj, it's one of the greatest acts that the common Muslim performs. You know, how many of us are actually going to go become Islamic scholars? Very handful, small percentage. 
But how many of us will actually go for Hajj? Probably the vast majority of people in this room will end up going for Hajj sometime in their life. So such a great act and something that uh, is available to most of us. Now, if a person goes to Hajj and the intention is that, Ya Allah, I am coming to your home to rectify my decades worth of sins. I am coming to your home to reconnect myself despite the fact that I have disconnected myself. I'm coming to your home to seek redemption and you, then there's an enormous reward. And the person can very easily attain the benefits of Hajj. But if the person is going for Hajj and in while they're at Hajj, their intention is to become famous or to, um, you know, entertain themselves with food and hotel and they the sole purpose is to enjoy oneself and it's a historical journey and has nothing to do with getting closer to Allah, then it becomes almost worthless. So this is something that we have to be very particular about. What is our intention in any act that we perform? And we have to be careful about our intention because just as we recognize the power of intention, so does shaitan recognize the power of misaligning our intention with our deeds. Shaitan, in many cases, doesn't try to deter an individual from deeds. He tries to deter them from having the maximal intention in that deed. So we have to be careful. Sometimes shaitan will try to take us away from deeds. But other times shaitan will try to take us away from having the proper intention in that deed. In fact, he may even encourage us, look, if there's a person who's going to study deen, but their whole intention is fame, shaitan is going to pat the person on the back and say, oh, you're doing such a good job, you should go and study. You should actually go and sit with ten sheikhs, not five. You should learn as much as you can. Because that shaitan has exactly what he wants. He is going to be able to drag that person directly into the hellfire without even stopping. Non-stop ticket. So, of course, shaitan will, uh, knows the game. And, of course, shaitan will attack the niyyah. And we have to be very, very particular. In fact, the greater the deed that we try to pursue, the greater the attack of shaitan upon that individual to try to misalign their niyyah. So, we need to be very, very particular about our niyyah. Now, I don't want to talk about this topic today because this is a topic that everybody is aware of, but I'm just setting the background for another discussion that we're going to have in a moment. So this is our common understanding of Nia. But what we should also recognize is that there are many, many angles to Nia. And it's interesting when you sit with the scholars, they have this unique ability to be able to highlight the important, the other angles of Nia that sometimes we don't think about on a daily basis, but may be as important in some ways. For example... You know, uh, just to give you an example of how the how the scholars they, um, they 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 debate this or not I shouldn't say debate but discuss this topic. You know the famous statement of Rasulullah that um, deeds are according to intention. You've all heard this statement. Verily, deeds are according to intention. But notice that there's a word missing. Deeds are what according to intention. Do deeds exist or not exist uh, dependent on intention? Are deeds rewarded based on intention? Do deeds arise based on intention? 
You understand what I'm saying? So there's no, there's a word that's missing. For example, one person can say, um, deeds don't exist without intention. You know, deeds are only according to intention. So what would that mean? That would mean that if you didn't make the intention, the deed doesn't exist at all. Okay, so for example, and I don't want to get into this kind of filky debate, but I just give you an example that, you know, here's a question. Person jumps into a swimming pool. And when the person jumps into the swimming pool, all the necessary parts for wudu are washed. Right? Or if we make it simple, the person jumps into the shower in the morning when they wake up, all the necessary body parts are washed. So now the discussion is, when they finish their shower, do they have a state of wudu? When they finish their shower, do they have a state of wudu? So some of the scholars would say, no, no state of wudu. Because deeds do not exist without intention. So now I'm adding the word exist here, right? Because we have the statement, deeds are only are according to intention. But what are they according to intention? So then some scholars would say, no, this statement, the word that's missing is exist. So deeds don't even exist without the intention. So it doesn't matter that all the body parts are washed. Without the intention, wudu does not occur. You have to have the intention before it even exists. So the person does not have wudu, they need to go and make wudu. And another subset of scholars would say, no, 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 the missing word is not exist. The missing word is rewarded. These are rewarded according to intention. So what does that mean? That means that the person who jumps into the shower in the morning, they have wudu, but they didn't receive the reward of wudu. You understand the, 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 the distinction here? They have wudu. They can go and they can pray, but they lost the reward of wudu because they didn't have the intention. They lost all of the rewards associated with that act because they didn't have the intention for that particular act. Okay, so anyway, why am I saying this? Again, to highlight the dynamics of, of the discussion. Now, there's a whole other spiritual angle to intention, which aside from what we've already had, which is spiritual as well, so some of that discussion has occurred already, but there's a whole other spiritual angle of intention that we should all appreciate in this room that sometimes we don't think about. And that is that, de- so we can say it, say it this way, that the power of a deed manifests itself when the intentions are aligned. So not only does my intention have to be good and his intention have to be good and her intention have to be good and their intention have to be good, that's independent and that's necessary. So I have to have an intention to receive a reward. You have to have an intention to receive a reward. But the aligning of intentions, and this is the spiritual angle, the aligning of intentions multiplies the effect of the deed and maximizes the reward. The aligning of intentions multiplies the effect of the deed and maximizes the reward. For example, now, uh, I, um, I'm running late and I pray Maghrib in my house. Okay? So I get one reward, correct? I get the reward of the prayer and I get the reward of having offered the prayer and I made an intention and I made an intention to offer the prayer for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so uh, in his name and through his mercy and I receive a certain reward. Now, if I take that same prayer and I get to pray in the masjid, now what happens when I... Okay, let's do it this way. When I take the same prayer and I pray in a jama'ah, particularly in the masjid, what happens? the reward of that same exact deed elevates. 
Now, why did that same exact deed become elevated? Because my intention became aligned with two or three other people who prayed behind me, let's say in my home. So that alignment of intention maximizes the power of that deed and maximizes the reward associated with that deed. Does that make sense? So not only do we have the goal, and listen very carefully because this is like the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make here. Not only do we have the goal of having the proper intention, which is a huge discussion, which you're aware of, so I'm not going there right now. But we also have the goal of coming into the circumstances where our intentions can be aligned so that we can maximize on the reward and the effect of the deed that we're trying to perform. I'll give you another example. So I have an option, right? Today, it's Friday, it's Friday evening, and I could pray my prayer here, and I can go home and I can um, perform dhikr by myself in my home. And when I perform dhikr by myself in my home, for the sake of Allah, I get a big reward. Now, let's say that there's a group of people who all have the same intention, and they gather together for that gathering. Now what happens? The gathering together of a bunch of people with a similar intention, namely the remembrance of Allah, results in a subset of angels identifying that gathering, stacking up from the heavens to the from the earth to the heavens, calling attention of that gathering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such that Allah proclaims that He forgives everyone in that gathering. Now, what was the difference? One person sitting in a corner and doing dhikr, another person is sitting in a gathering for the the sake of the remembrance of Allah. But what happened is, is that the intentions became aligned. This person's intention became aligned with this person's intention, became aligned with this person's intention. And that chain and that networked intention, it creates such a spiritual effect that they, that the, uh, that a particular subset of angels picked up on that. They pick up that on that reverberation, and they identify that. They call attention to that, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala acknowledges that by granting the reward to the gathering of forgiveness of everybody in that gathering. Now, how do we know that that it, that it's the intention that was necessary and not the deed itself, right? How, how can I tell you that it's the intention that's becoming aligned and not the deed itself? Well, that's also found in narration. Because what happens is then another person joins that gathering. Right? Another person joins that gathering and begins to perform those same deeds. So then the angels, they say to Allah that there was another person who sat in that gathering who just sat down and began to perform those deeds. Right? And what happened? Because they happened to sit in that gathering, they took advantage of the intention that everybody else had, and they gained the exact same reward. So what, what is that highlighting for us? It's highlighting for us that the power intention of, of intention is such that when a group of people align their intention, then even the ones who randomly come in, they gain the same reward and benefit as if they had that intention. Now, why is this discussion important? Because not only do we have the responsibility of having an intention, not only do we have the responsibility of maximizing that intention, but we also have the responsibility of aligning that intention. 
which basically means that we are dependent on one another to create the environment and the circumstance that allows us to maximize our deeds all with a similar intention. Why, why do we have this gathering every week? I, mean, I have a hundred things I could do. You have a hundred things you could do. But what, what is one of the key reasons that we have this gathering? Because what this gathering does is it allows a bunch of people who are like-minded in their intention to achieve a law and a connection with him to gather together in one place. And that intention is, that gathering of intentions is an essential component of a person being able to achieve their goal. It's, it's, by the way, it's not particular to the spiritual heights of our deen. It's particular to anything that anybody wants to achieve. If you want to learn philosophy. So what, what did they say? If you want to learn philosophy, you sit down in a corner and you think and you philosophize? No. They'll say, if you want to learn philosophy, you'll read the books of the philosophers. And if you really want to learn philosophy, you sit with the philosophers. Now what happens? When you read the book of the philosophers, you're in the gathering of the philosophers. They're talking about their history. They're talking about the historical thoughts of their field. They're talking about their thoughts in, in the context of the field. And then when you sit in the company of the philosophers, you're discussing, you're learning, you're in their presence. And it's in their presence that, that this aligning of intention of importance of learning philosophy it maximizes itself and allow, it allows a person to be able to achieve the peak in that particular field. So we're all dependent on this in every angle of our, of our life. So it's very important that we recognize the need to be in the company of those people that are striving and have a similar intention as us. Now, you, this whole discussion, you know, is predicated on so many different angles of our deen, but I'll just give you an example because I was thinking about all of this in the context of Hajj. When people are planning for Hajj, they, you know, Hajj is coming up, right? So we're all thinking about Hajj. We're all thinking about the, the, the people that are going for Hajj. And when people are planning for Hajj, one of the important things that's, that they're reminded of way before, way before you even have a discussion of what are the, uh, the rituals of Hajj? What are the benefits of Hajj? What are the, you know, the things that you have to think about for Hajj? One of the most important as aspects of Hajj is the group that a person goes on. So it's not only about the Hajj, it's also about who are we going with? If a person's going for Hajj, who are they going with? Why? Because not only can, does the person need to have a right intention, but they need to be in the company of a bunch of people that are aiming towards the same thing. And when there's a whole bunch of people whose, whose sole purpose in Hajj is to seek Allah's forgiveness and to renew themselves and to wash away their sins and to reconnect themselves, the whole gathering changes. The whole gathering changes. Whereas if there's a bunch of people and they're going there and they're more worried about what am I going to eat and where am I going to stay and what am I going to buy and uh, who's going to take care of me and am I going to get everything that I was promised and it's a whole different ballgame. The atmosphere completely changes. The whole environment changes. The whole direction changes. And I can tell you that I know people that go for Hajj and after they go for Hajj they hadn't thought about these few things and then they come back and then when they come back 
they go for another Hajj a few years later because they recognize that they didn't fully gain what they were looking for. And you say, what are you looking for? You had the intention, you went for Hajj, you used pure money, you had no other reason to go. But they'll tell you themselves, yes, I went for Hajj, but I don't feel like I really went for Hajj. And it's interesting, you talk to them, and I've had conversations with people like this, and they'll say, I'll say, what are you talking about? There's, it's not possible. You go for Hajj, you go for Hajj, you get the reward for Hajj, you get the... They say, no, 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 I didn't, I just didn't feel the Hajj. I, I, I just want to do it again. So, but you don't have to do it again. I know I don't have to do it again, but I just want to do it again because it's important to me. Okay, fine. So do it again. Well, what, what, what was the difference? What was the difference between Hajj A and Hajj B? Hajj A and Hajj B was the same. They did the same rituals. They went to the same places. They wore the same type of clothing. They said the same types of things. And in, in fact, they received the reward from the first Hajj. The only difference was that in the second Hajj, they aligned the intention with a group of, another group of 20 to 30 people who all had the same intention. And now they say, yes, I feel like I did Hajj. So what happened? What was the difference? The alignment of in, in, intention. The intention was made. The intention was pure. But it was, mis- it was not aligned with the other people in the group. So we are a group of people that are not only aiming, when we aim for excellence in deen, we are a group of people that are not only aiming to make an intention. I mean, that's the first thing we teach our children. You know, make an intention when you brush your teeth, that you're cleansing your, your mouth for the sake of Allah and to follow the sunnah and you'll receive a reward. When you take a shower, start by making wudu and make the intention for that wudu so you attain that degree of purification and cleanliness that you know that maximizes on that on the opportunity before an individual but we go beyond that then we say defend the intention defend the intention means constantly check and recheck check and recheck check and recheck what was the purpose of my doing these particular deeds and make sure that the purpose is Allah and Allah alone but then we go a step further and for the people who are seeking excellence we push it a step further and we say align the intention with other people that have a similar intention so try to pray each prayer in Jama'ah because every prayer in Jama'ah has so much more valuable is so much more valuable because everybody has the same intention. Go for Hajj and when you go for Hajj select a group of people that is aiming to do what you're trying to do because when you align your intention you'll really experience the Hajj. And when you sit in the company of people sit in the company of people that have the same intention as you do because when a group of people get together and they all have the same intention of the remembrance of Allah Allah forgives the entire gathering. So this is, this is another angle of an intention. And there's a, a few other things I want to say about intention, but I've already said too much and it's getting late. So we'll do that next week. But we have a responsibility to make an intention, to guard our intention, but even more than that, to reach the pinnacle of what we're trying to reach, we have to align our intention with one another. We all have to be on the same page and we all have to t- take the benefit of that. And the benefit of that is that it multiplies the effects of our deeds and it leads to spiritual success. And this is something that everybody in this room is trying to achieve. May Allah allow us to be able to make the appropriate intention for each and every one of our deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from ever having a bad intention, even though we may be thinking that we're doing a good deed. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us in the company of those whose intentions are aligned and aligned towards excellence in this deed.